0: You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you may be already be good at it. But to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the show, Alejandro. (laughs) (laughs) This is very formal, very formal. So I've wanted Alejandro on the show for a long time now. Uh, I work with him. I'm very lucky to work with him. But he's a very special person. Uh, He's a hardworking person, but he's got a big heart and he's got a bigger than his heart he's got a bigger story i believe that i don't even know if that's possible but he does and i, I want to hear all about his story and his brand so it's all you man i want to hear everything so i know we don't have 10 hours here but i do want to hear the story so tell me about the beginning man because you we have a lot of similarities yep We have a lot of similarities so tell me what what drives you and tell me about your humble beginnings please
1: thank you thank you for having me and 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 thank you for being patient enough uh i have to tell them the story first please today is a big day for me not only because i'm in your podcast and you know how much i love you and i appreciate you and i admire you
0: likewise brother
1: but at the same time i believe today even when i woke up this morning i had this you know feeling in uh, um my stomach because i was nervous and uh i'm not supposed to be right because in paper like this is what i've been doing since i'm like 17 18 years old but i've been doing it in spanish so i'm i'm you know it's uh it's beautiful today because i'm really getting out of my comfort zone i think this is my first podcast in english so i'm growing today and and some people say you know like like What do you mean getting out of your comfort zone? Why are you so nervous? It's it's, It's a big move, man. It's a big move. It's hard. It's hard. All these different limiting beliefs, you know, we create in our head and we create stories and we create like this soap opera, right, in our heads. And 99% of the time it's not true. So today I'm going to tell you a lot about my stories. I want to hear it. I want to hear
0: it. But, you know, just to, to speak to that real quick. I have trouble doing it in english and that's my first language like you you know two languages and you're on and off both languages all the time so credit to you thank you for doing this because i know it is a big move so thank you very much
1: thank you thank you so okay let me i was born in venezuela um my dad is syrian my mom is venezuelan hispanic i was born in 1981. i have three sisters um and grew up in a you know beautiful Uh, very humble household my mom used to do nails she works at a nail salon and then she uh, sell sold clothes door-to-door and then my dad used to drive a truck and sell shoes door-to-door and then he was going um, to college she was studying physics so he became a physics teacher and uh, after that um, he opened his little shoe store uh, he called it shoe stories basically it was a little corner right with okay. shoes okay um so it was a very humble family uh, i have three sisters so i was basically raised by my mom my grandmother and my three sisters because my dad was always working and i was always craving my dad's love and my dad's attention mm-hmm. and you know that figure that hero that we all want oh yeah And i had my mom during the day and then i was always searching for dad even you know at school every father say he was never there so all my friends were like you know with his parents and with his dad and i was always waiting for my dad and i was all i was creating these stories about you know my hero not being there and me not being important enough i me not being good enough and me not right. being loved enough so by the time i was like nine or ten unconsciously i created this Believe this this story about food equal love, right?
0: Love or comfort or correct? Right.
1: Because every time I was eating, my dad was praising me, and every time I was eating, he was like, "Wow, you are the big guy. You're gonna take care of your sisters, right?" So I was like, "Oh, he's paying attention to me." So the more I ate, the more love, quote unquote see where this is going (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah okay so i you know i started gaining weight i didn't know i was gaining weight right like i was i i have this picture i was like nine years old and i know it because my mom signed it on the back of the picture
0: moms do that right yeah
1: (laughs) when pictures existed back in the day and um i was nine years old and i you know i saw myself you know um skinny, but like skinny fat in that moment, right? I was gaining a little bit of right. weight and I have like some man boobs. And then I didn't see any other picture until I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I was 314 pounds
0: at 15
1: at 15. Wow. That's big. So it was huge. I didn't really pay attention on how I got there. But mm. then everyone let me know Oh yeah. how Mm-hmm. know different I was I didn't know it was different until they let me know at school right. the teachers made fun of me The you know my classmates made fun of me I remember the first time we got on a plane my, my family was poor and um, my dad stayed for like six years to go to Disney right that was like our dream and I remember my mom praying every night and like lighting up candles to, to Virgin Mary like so we can save money and go to Disney. And finally, after five or six years of them saving all this money, we got to Disney. And I remember the phase that, you know, that woman made when I was supposed to sit next to her, like that phase of like, oh, the fat kid is gonna sit next to me. It was the first time I was on a really? plane. And I saw that phase and I would never forget it, right? Because it was just like painful to remember that moment of like, oh, I'm going to be seated right next to the fat person Mm -hmm. Um, so
0: you don't forget those moments do you? never ever I used to to remember her face and what she was wearing she was
1: wearing a blue shirt and a pair of jeans I remember blonde hair um, and she didn't say anything but then she turned her back on me and the whole time she was just like pissed Um, Mm. and I was uncomfortable because like you know, you're like, how did I get here? Right. How did I get to this weight and how can I fix it? Like, you don't really know. It's like, you know, you're in a cave and you don't know how to get out of it. And you keep eating because, of course, you know, like you're like pissed and upset. And you, you don't know how to get out of that pattern. Like no. You're drowning. Right. And then I remember we used a handicap because, of course, we wanted to record everything about that trip. Right um and i didn't want to be recorded so i recorded everyone else but me because i didn't want to you know be seen right so you're the designated cameraman correct avoid the chaos (laughs) (laughs) and even i look at the pictures and how i i believe a lot of overweight people now that i work with overweight people and i try to help them I see a lot of them have Disney pictures. The before and afters, a lot of them have Disney pictures. And I have this Disney picture, you know, with a lollipop, with a huge lollipop in my hand. Of course. Um, You know, 314 pounds. And I was smiling, but I was super sad. It was like one of my happiest days. But it it was very sad. It was very painful because I was not happy with what I was wearing. And I was wearing it all the time and like every moment every aspect of it now like that i go back and i think about and i talk to people about it all the time because i'm obsessed with it right obsessed with other people not going through it yeah right Uh, of avoiding that pain (laughs) on other people so i remember even like to tighten my shoes it was like a huge task to take a shower i remember i used to go to school and then come back super depressed super pissed no friends nobody wanted to do homeworks with me i wasn't invited to any parties or any matinees or anything and then i came back home and then my mom was like did you take a shower i'm like yeah she's like no look at your neck it's all dirty and i'm like i just you know i cannot reach so even that was hard you know like every little thing that we take for granted now right it becomes this huge task yeah um I remember once there is a, a side of Venezuela that you know you can like you go and you see snow, mm. and then I I couldn't do what my cousins did because I you know the boots did not fit me and they didn't have boots that fit my legs because I was overweight. So I was affected you know in, by every aspect of it. Um, so I was totally living a different lifestyle. I was I lived a different. Um, childhood like when i go back i I listen to some people talking about like video games and talking about sports and like i became a nerd just because i was the only option i had right Right. i i was like you know if i go to the tennis court or to the soccer field you know they're gonna make fun of me or i'm gonna be sitting on the bench the whole time so why am i gonna go there so i always stayed in the room or even to have breakfast in the morning. Like I knew if I was going to go there, and I was going to order something. They were going to make fun of me. Oh, look at the fat one, always eating. So I was like, I mean, I'd rather live in
0: that fear constantly, constantly. Ugh.
1: And so then, what? you know, like always thinking about what are they thinking about me? And I remember years after discovering that, you know, primary question. Right. I always I was always thinking about what are they thinking about me? What are they going to think about me? Why? So after being obsessed with my, you know, 314 pounds, not being able to look at my private parts, like really getting tired. Um, I remember just one day I woke up. Um, it was October 27, 1997. I would, ne- like, I, I would I, I never forget that day. I woke up in the morning and I was so tired of, of, of being dead alive. Right of just not belonging to anything, not fitting on anything.
0: And how old are you now? 37. No, 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 excuse me. Um, oh, i 90, 97, about, I was about 16, 16. 16, about 16.
1: Okay. And I remember I woke up the day, I said, today the overweight Alejandro is going to die. Enough. So, of course, I didn't have the tools, right? right. It was 1997, no Facebook, no Google. Um, like, what are you going to do with
0: those social media? How yeah. did you survive? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and I started just, like I stopped eating completely. I started throwing up. I started, you know, throwing away the food my mom used to give me Give me to go to school. Um, I was addicted to chapstick because it was sweet and it wow. had zero calories. Wow. And of course, people like, now, when people ask me, and they're like, how come your parents didn't notice it, right? It was it was a different time. Like, they were really struggling to make it, you know, like, to, to, to just to make it to the
0: day. They're just trying to survive. I mean, survive. survive. Forget about, like, looking left and right. They're like, let's just stay on course. Yeah.
1: My dad and my mom, they got married when they were, like, 16, both of them by the time i was 16 they had three kids already four kids already so they were not thinking about like personal development or you know like no they were just trying to survive like four kids and a family of six plus my grandmother like you know they needed to provide for us so they were not paying attention to certain things so i started losing weight because i was not eating and as soon as i dropped i remember like 20 30 pounds the first 20 30 and I started getting my friend's attention and some people say, wow, you're losing weight. I was like, Oh, they, they notice in me. Wow. I'm not black and white anymore. I thought I was black and white because in front of me, they were talking about parties and I was never invited. So I was like, maybe I'm black and white. Maybe I don't even exist for real. Right. And I used to have this huge fight with God. I was like, why me? Right? Why, 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 why are you punishing me? That was my question every night. Like I wasn't being grateful. I wasn't praying. I was just like in a constant fight. Like why me? What did I do that you're punishing me this way? Um, so finally, like when they started noticing that, that I had lost some weight, I was like, wow, I'm not black and white anymore. I was 16, mm. a nerd. Right, obsessed with books and studying because that was the only thing that I was actually good student, great student, A plus student, the best shocked. student. No, of, I'm
0: not shocked at all. Doesn't surprise me at all.
1: <laughs> the best student of the whole school because oh, wow. I needed to show off, right? It was something. something, yeah, of course. And they were great at sports. They were great at you know other things. I was great. I was great at you know school. That's awesome. So straight A's. Uh, but I was never proud of it. In that moment, that's not cool, right? You're like, no. you're the nerd. Right. So literally, I had like 300 pounds. Uh, I was wearing glasses, braces. Um, uh, so Checking easy. all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when, when they started paying attention to me and finally, like, they talked to me for the first time. Like, I wouldn't. I went to school with the same group of people from like when I was like nine to when I was like 15. And finally, they paid attention to me. Finally, they talked to me. Um, finally, they, they didn't make fun of me. They just, you know, just changed some words. And I was like, wow, they're my friends, right? right? So I was like, wow, this is another way to get attention. So I was like, I like this attention. So I started losing more weight and losing more weight. Um, I went and I got. Uh, there was this Chinese place, and they used to sell like mesotherapy and injections and stuff. And I bought it with my, you know, school money. I went and I bought that, and I, you know, injected myself because I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to keep losing weight, so I, I could be you do anything. Any? Yeah,
0: of course. That's when you know you're like, this is really bad. Yeah. You, you'll do anything to get away from that state.
1: Yep. The Brazilian peels, the Colombian mm-hmm. peel, like all the peels that my, because you know back then weight loss was not for men, right? right? And I was in a very Arabic family where like, no, 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 diets are for women, right? You're not supposed to be dieted. You're supposed to be fat and strong, and that's how you're going to take care of It's
0: interesting how they equate sisters. strength with fat. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Crazy. So I started losing weight until one day I fainted at school, and they took me to the ER. And then my dad and my mom, they found out I was bulimic and anorexic and i was sick and you know like that was the day when like things turned red right mm-hmm. like it was the worst moment for right? me the worst yeah. moment i didn't even notice it before that day but like i was full of bruises right um the lab tests were like horrible mm-hmm. my blood test everything was like you know messy and and I started paying attention to it and then they brought all these shrinks and psychologists and psychiatrists and doctors and it was this huge deal and and after like 6 months they were like his you know anorexia bulimic and there's a problem here mm-hmm. my dad and my mom they didn't even know what that was they had no idea what that was like it was you know I I I, I cannot blame them they were mm-hmm. just trying to focus on something different. So but in that moment, they started paying attention to me. And, you know, I started to, like, really paying attention to my health. And I was like 17 back then. And then after a year, I moved to Caracas and um, I thought I was um, I was going to be a lawyer. So I went to law school for a few years and then I transitioned to an actor. So I went to acting school. Wow. I started acting in Sopo. Big office. transition. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that now when I connect the dots, right, like Steve Jobs says, you know, I know why I was trying to get the attention. I was trying to prove them wrong. And I was trying to, you know, really show them like how amazing yeah. I was. You're trying
0: to prove your worth. Correct. You know? Yeah. All the time.
1: All the time. So I hated law school and then I went and I became an actor for a few years. I went and study and um, I copied what other actors were doing and I went to other acting schools where other working actors were going. So I started getting some auditions and castings and that's why I got my first gig in soap operas. So I was doing soap amazing. operas. amazing. Nobody knew what I had gone through. Nobody knew about my. way you did not want to share it either. No, that it's was like a, yeah. my biggest secret. Right. So I started working there, and then in 2000, I moved to the states, um, and I started working on Telemundo, which is a Hispanic network. I was doing soap operas. Well, how do you
0: get on Telemundo? I mean, we skipped a big part. Like, you, it's kind of a big deal, right?
1: Yeah, they were showing one of my soap operas here in the states, and the writer of that show saw me, and they liked my acting, so they called me for an audition, and I got it. So. They flew awesome. me from it's Minnesota to here. Awesome. It was awesome. Um,
0: cause the home base of Telmundo is in Miami.
1: Yeah. Okay. They have stations, okay. you know, nationwide. And then in 2000, I lived in Miami for four years in 2004, I moved to Texas. I was doing another show there. And then in 2005, I moved to Los Angeles. Um, cause you know, I was already like, I've been here five years um i want to go and do like big time hollywood big big time time let's go (laughs) vincent
0: chase entourage hollywood
1: brad pitt (laughs) Uh, it's me brad pitt tom cruise Yeah, so many parties (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so you're there and how's that working out for you once you get there
1: uh the first two and three years were horrible um first of all i didn't speak any english Um, Because I was living surrounded by Hispanic people, so I didn't didn't have to English, I didn't have to. So when I moved to LA, I realized, oh, wait, there is a world, right? Uh, And people speak a different language. I have to start learning English. So I started going to an ESL um, class and learning English. And then I was auditioning for like two and three years. It was struggling a lot. I started working as a waiter. At El Pollo Loco.
0: Humbling, huh? Shh. Humbly. Coming
1: from like Telemundo, right? And doing the big shows and having the big things and.
0: Swallow your pride. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wearing literally a Pollo Loco hat the whole day and not letting people see who I was, right? And like in my head all day long. Yeah. And the same question why me? What did I do yeah. wrong? Why are you punishing me once again? Right. And then in 2000 seven i got this show called 12 miles of bat road uh with hbo it was with lily Tumlin and leslie jordan and all this huge cast and i got a big part and i started getting paid like four thousand dollars for a table read thirty thousand dollars a month for like the show because i was like one of the main characters uh for like how do you handle that
0: did, did you buy a Bentley that day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bought the next day. I bought a Range Rover. Uh, I bought, did you really? I did. <laughs> I bought a house in Hollywood Hills, like a what? $6 million house. How do you? 27. And what? You have I, no money, though. No money. I didn't know what I was doing. As soon how as did I he even first, give
0: you that line on $30,000? Well,
1: I, it was like, let's say after seven oh, months. Oh, okay. I was collecting. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I had made like 250000 $300,000 after the first few months. Uh, and then I was doing some commercials and some stuff because, you okay. know, so when you were, yeah. yeah, I was active and I was like, wow, $300,000, I'm this a million is, This here. is easy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, this is never going to end. Um, and then I got into this huge house. I got into a loan. I got into the Range Rover, all that crazy stuff, right? I went into like the crazy stores and I started making money, going to red carpets, literally gaining like, like the, the branded shit um, and then 2008 hit and the writer's strike happened and HBO canceled the show because after s- I would say six or seven months not being able to shoot they said let's cancel the show postpone it and see what's happening in the future because we're losing so much money just paying you guys without mm-hmm. having you know the possibility uh, to actually shoot right so they canceled the show and I ended up having this huge debt house a Range over. So in that moment, like, what do you do? The first month you are hoping to get another show, second, third. And then I was paying like seventy five hundred dollars uh, just for the house and like twelve hundred dollars for the car and blah, blah, blah. Um, you got
0: to eat, you got to live, you got to yeah. do things.
1: I was sending money to my parents they were in venezuela right and things were not going okay there my dad closed his door so they were basically you know were wait, wait, waiting for my help every month so i couldn't help my parents. pressure crushed me yeah and um you know a friend of mine said why did you go bankrupt that's the easy you know the easiest path you have that's the easy way out so again 27 i didn't know what i was doing i was like okay i'm gonna do that I signed all the papers without knowing that I was, you know, getting into a sixteen thousand dollar debt. Um, so I had to start working as a clown over the weekends and then at Pollo Loco during the week.
0: A clown at parties. Yeah.
1: because uh, I was using my acting skills, but but you getting want dressed as a
0: clown. How do you feel? Be honest. <laughs> like I mean, I can only imagine.
1: I had to do my makeup like three or four times every time because you're crying i was crying i was miserable i was i was feeling like a loser i was just like like how did i end up here right like from being famous quote unquote or having work or having a you know a car to like getting on a bus right at 5 30 a.m to go to clean tables at Puerto Loco and then, you know, getting dressed as a clown and, and, and like this fear of of, of 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 being found, of being seen, of being discovered, right? Like, oh no, people are gonna find out I'm here. People are gonna find out I'm doing this I'm trying to live this lie.
0: You know what though, I'm sorry, I, don't, I, I have to say this. Um, the strength it takes to get up and get on a bus, after you've had success and get dressed as a clown, that strength, like most people will never even know. It's true. I mean, that—that that is real strength. Most people will just do something really bad or maybe call it quits or check out. Mm-hmm. You know what check out means. And you didn't. So that's real strength. And I don't know how you did it. Really, I don't know how you did it. How long did you do that
1: for? Uh, nine months. I think I did it like I was able to do it. I was the only thing I had was my books. I have a Tony Robbins book and I have some audiobooks in my little iPod. Um, and at every break, I was going back and listening to these books and audiobooks. And this book uh, called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind uh, by T. Harv Ecker. And I remember that. You know, that was like just reminding me of possibilities even though I didn't see them and right. even though I was like How depressed could you? and I wanted to check out like every now I was like, is it really worth it? And I was comparing myself to other people. I was comparing myself to my peers. I was comparing myself to people that were doing better than me. And, uh, and the worst thing is like waking up in the morning and having no purpose, having no mission, having not... Right focus like it's like you know every day is the same and then you have this huge debt and i remember like, everything got worse and worse and worse i sold every um thing at the house before i gave it back to the bank because i thought i was being smart so i sold it on Craigslist, right i went on craiglist took pictures of it posted and i'm like at least i'm gonna make like five 000, six thousand right. dollars right the washer and dryer the microwave all this you know Appliances. right and then the day before I was giving the house back to the bank the lawyer came and she was like where is everything and I'm like no I sold it right I was super proud and she was like in the contract says that you need to give it back with everything so literally that day I had to go and buy everything back a full price with the money yeah, I didn't yeah. have calling friends and saying Please, please, please. And there were no friends. There were no friends. Everyone who was having champagne and sushi with me and going to red carpets with me and all my friends vanished in like two weeks. I had no friends. I only had one friend. She was in Colombia and she's like, whatever you need, I'm here. And she sent me 300 bucks and then 500 bucks. Good friend. She was the only friend. Good friend. She's still my best friend. Wow. Um, and I remember, Um, I think one of the biggest days, and people sometimes ask me, like, you know, how does it feel to have a New York Times bestseller? How does it feel to be on the cover of Men's Health? It feels amazing. But still, one of the biggest days were was the day I had to, like, leave everything at that house because I didn't have the money to pay the U-Haul. So all this Dolce Gabbana jackets and Gucci shoes and, and watches and shit did not matter in that day.
0: Can't take it with you.
1: No, and it was like, it, it was so, it was so hard because it was my identity. It was like I was leaving behind not this shit. It was like everything I was supposed to be, like my identity, everything people were was like people were respecting me for like the alejandro was literally being forgotten in that moment and, and that's the moment of truth because i had a friend who had a little car and she's like you know only a suitcase it's gonna fit she was letting me sleep on her couch for a few days and then i was like Wow, like nothing else matters, no matter how famous I was, no matter how many, you know, pair of shoes I had. In that moment, it was like the truth. The truth of. Who I really was right and and what tools I had in order to survive that moment. So nothing else mattered not you know how famous I was not, that was bullshitting that moment like my um, contact list was useless. um and I remember literally like getting in my friend's car and like leaving that behind and leaving that moment right there and saying what are you gonna do? What are you going to do now? Like,
0: well, you, you must have been obviously panicked. <sighs> are you crying at that moment or are you playing tough?
1: No, I was just like, you know, those moments of pain that it hurts so much that you cannot even cry. That I was just like,
0: numb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I used to smoke. So no money, like $400 in my bank account, um, but I was still smoking buying like, you know, buying my food from the 99 cent store, but buying cigarettes, which now know. it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, you know, that's what we do. Um, so like three, four days after that huge day, it was like a big moment. I was smoking in the balcony of my friend's house. And I called my dad and, uh, and I started crying, and I started telling him I'm a loser. Like, I have nothing. Um, I have no where to go. I have no one to call. Like, what have I done? Right? Mm-hmm. 27, 28 years, and I have done nothing with my life. Um, so, crying and, and, and also, for my dad it was like like for me it was this moment of like lost in front of my dad because my dad always wanted me to like take control of the business right? right
0: take care of the family
1: yeah take care of the family not move to the states not do the acting thing that was for losers that was for gay people like all his stories in his head right uh like all this crazy shit he used to say all the time like oh you're around people that do drugs oh you're a all these artsy people like all his and beliefs and the fact that I was sharing this moment with him it was like it was hard for me not only for what I was going through but also this moment of yeah I lost you were right I have been wrong this whole time right mm-hmm. so and of course my dad um, he said I told you I told you so uh, which made me really 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 mad yeah that doesn't help doesn't help and um but he said something that really sparked something different in me he said why don't you write your story and he's like talking right he's like why don't you write your story and i'm like what story he's like well you were overweight you weren't bulimic you were on alexic you you know you were working on tv now you're a waiter like right. that's a powerful story and i'm like very to powerful.
0: Who? very powerful to I everyone didn't see it right Yeah, yeah of course
1: he was seeing it i didn't see it i was like what do you mean this is powerful this is Bullshit. So he didn't tell me anything. I ended up hanging up on him because of all this stupid shit he was saying, and he was like blaming, 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 and saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Uh, so, like a few days after, I received these bucks with my uniform, with my high school uniform, like size 40. My pants were size 40, two extra like shirts, my belt. Was huge like some pictures and I started connecting with that side of myself that I had forgotten I never thought about that overweight kid since I was he died right yeah he died and he was hidden um, and then I was like wow so I was like maybe he's right maybe I need to write this story so I started I went on Google and I started writing this story this was like 2000 2000, you know, maybe the beginning of 2009, and I self wrote my story and I started selling. I'm, I'm pitching this document to people in the business, right? Mm-hmm. Editors and publishing right, companies, right. and they all said that they were not interested. That I had no talent, and I was like, well, I was still working at Poyo Loco and I was I opened a WordPress, um, and then I published my. Book there, and I had to sell, I have to sell. I had to sell my iPod mm-hmm. in order to pay this editor two hundred and seventy dollars in order to edit my document. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a book. It was my story. Anyway. Yeah, right. So I I posted, and then um, I had posted on Amazon. I couldn't print it because Amazon back then, you know, they were they were only about books. Right, right. Young people, <laughs> right. and uh, they were only printing like a thousand books, so I didn't have the money to print that. So I just had the digital version on Amazon. Nobody bought one book, so I was trying to use, you know, right. but come on, uh, Facebook was really new, Twitter was super new, so people were just getting used to it. So I was not selling anything. And I remember this woman from this huge publishing company. Uh, she sent an email and she said, you have no talent. Uh, you should not pursue this career. You know, you're never she really said it. that. Why she did she said say that?
0: that? Why did, why would she ever say that?
1: I think she was, trying she was recommended up. by me through a friend. So I think she was trying to be honest, honest. to help you. Right. I would say, don't waste your time, well, but you know, <laughs> tough. so it was really tough but i you know i kept on going and re- you you can even go on youtube right now and, and if you search for alejandro chavani you're going to see all these videos in 2008 and 9. me trying to do nutritional videos and, oh, wow. you know talking about my thing and having yeah. a book that i literally printed the cover on kinkos and i post like i plastered over another book which it wasn't mine. It was a Tony Robbins book and I put it on it Right. and I was using it as a right prop. Yeah, as a prop, as if it was my book. Right. Um, and I remember this soap opera producer came to Pollo Loco and he's like, Chaban, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I've been out of work for almost two years and this is what's going on. And he's like, wow, I didn't know you were here. Um, And I remember he said, um, you know, I'm going to help you out. Just be patient. So after I would say f- three, four weeks, he called me up and he said, I have a part pre- for you. I don't have much money. I don't have much budget. When can you come? And I said, whenever you tell me, please get me out of here, but you have to pay for everything. Like the network, right? It was with Univision. The network needs to pay for everything. Cause I don't, I don't have money to right, pay a right, plane ticket. Right. It's like, you don't have like 350 bucks. And I'm like, I don't. So they pay for everything. So I came to Miami, I came back to Miami.
0: And you uh, moved at that point. Yeah. Right. And
1: I, I quit. I remember I hated my Indian um, manager. He was an ass. Uh, but then, you know, I, I gave him the two weeks and I waited and I, I wanted to do things right. Right. Um
0: you gave two weeks notice you didn't get out of there? No. Wow.
1: I was like I cannot burn bridges and I don't know what's gonna happen there and I don't wanna Yeah create karma. So I stayed there for two weeks and I also started being grateful about what I was going through and over what I was leaving and you know looking at every moment like wow, I really learned this lesson here. I really learned about, you know, this other side of the world that I was not familiar with. Right. I really learned how to value, you know, everything. Having a car. Um, having a bed. Like all this stuff that we take for granted now, uh and sometimes we forget how grateful we are i was really appreciating everything so i moved back to miami that was 2009 i started working on the soap opera and they invited me to promote the soap opera and i didn't you know i was like this is the first time i'm going to talk about my story enough i'm not going to talk about another show that people are going to forget in a few months and a few Mm. years this is about me and i'm gonna make it about me so but it was tough like i was actually revealing myself to the world yeah right so i show the pictures my dad had sent me in the uniform and i sent it to the producers and they were like wow we didn't know because i was playing the hot the stud, the hunk on these shows so nobody really yeah
0: of course yeah yeah they so connect you with that other, right. other person
1: so when i talked about it and i brought that knockoff of the book that fake book I have fabricated just for the purpose of promoting it. Uh, I got back home and I wanted to see if my dad was proud if he had seen it. Right. So I connected online to Messenger, something that existed. Um, And then when I saw I had three thousand two hundred eleven copies of the book sold on Amazon and I didn't have the book. The book didn't exist like it was just there, but I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So in that moment, everything, you know, I think everything made sense in that moment. And that's when I started thinking as a man and I became a man in that moment. And everything I have learned and I had learned in the past and all the books and all the audio books started making sense in that moment. I'm like, okay, there is a problem here. Right. All these people related to this overweight story. All these people are overweight. All these people are obese. They're relating to this story. This is a problem. I had learned that in order for you to develop a business, you need to solve the most amount of problems to the most amount of people. So I was like, wow, what if I develop something for the Hispanic community? Right. Mm -hmm. So I started doing the benchmarking um, and i started doing all the research and i saw all these different weight loss companies in the states but it, nothing was created for the hispanics even though there are 75 million hispanics and you know our community is growing and the purchasing power all these different studies that as a nerd right that, that that was the moment when the nerd came out and he's like i'm gonna take control of this and he started doing all this research at benchmarking or and I was like, "Wow, this is interesting. This is something that, you know," yeah, for sure, really has the potential.
0: That's so interesting. I can't believe you didn't think that people would find interest in that. You know,
1: yeah. And then I became a nutritional wellness consultant because I said, you know, in order to do this, I need to be coherent. So I started uh, taking online classes during the day. I was doing the soap opera, and then at night I was doing the online classes. Uh, I was doing all the the research. Um, I quit smoking and then I started developing yes you can with no money with zero money I couldn't get a loan because I was bankrupt so I remember I did this business plan uh, and I took it to my cousin and then I said you know you know a lot of uh, wealthy people like who do you think could help me and um, He's like, let me let me take a look at this. So he came back to me and he's like, I'm gonna help you out. So he actually loaned me the money to start the uh, products and to start Yuzukone. He's like, I'm not gonna charge you anything. And right. it's just gonna be, you know, for you. Right. So that's how I started it myself. And I started like trying the products and wow. going to the different suppliers. And um, I remember I got like 250 um, protein, um, chocolate protein shakes and 250 vanilla and then I went to Navarro's Navarro is a very small Hispanic pharmacy and was doing shake parties there because they um, didn't want my products they were like no you don't have clinical trials you don't have anything and I'm right, like right. hey I'm on the air on Univision I'm on the air on this soap opera everyone is watching me if I'm here I'm gonna attract people to your store so they were like, okay, but we're not going to let you sell. You can only sample the products at certain stores okay. where the Hispanics community are at. I'm like, I don't care because I was trying to understand, right, the market, understand right. what was going on, understand if there was really a connection. like, For sure. So that's how I started it. And then I started developing the products and developing, you know, what, I wanted Yes, You Can to be and the nutritional guide and all the different things that as an overweight person, I wish I had when I was losing weight. Perfect. All these different details and all these different um, tools. So after two and a half years, Yes, You Can was created in 2012. Um, just working 24-7. After I did the soap opera, I did Dancing with the Stars in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kept doing a lot of uh, marketing stuff on TV in order to shift the perception in order to shift the perception of this is an actor to this is a wellness and nutrition guy. So I started talking about it. I represented Michelle Obama in the Let's Move. I did some stuff with her. Wow. I met Dr. Ross and he was super excited about the you know, the the book and everything I was doing. So I started touring with him to Hispanic school. It's a big so deal. To, yeah, I, I was starting again, I was starting I, I started to align myself and to put the focus on it. And I think whenever you put your energy on, you know, and your focus on, the energy spans. So my focus started shifting into the company, into health and wellness, and I started getting momentum into that and then in 2012 i launched yes you can as an e-commerce okay and um the first 21 days i didn't sell one product and like after five days i remember my cousin calling me every day he was being nice right 100 he was just how's everything going and i was feeling the pressure i'm like half a million dollar in debt i had already paid the bankruptcy lawyer with this soap opera and i have 500 million dollar in debt no sales and i was on tv like i was known but no sales because like when you start a business you think that people are waiting for you right people are lining up for your product the things are going to be easy because i was comparing myself to other companies and other successful never entrepreneur easy. so never it's easy. never easy um so after a few days, I was like, people didn't believe in me. I think I'm going to call it quits and I'm going to close this business. And this is not working out. I remember after 21 days, I was desperate. And I, I, you know, I, I walked around the little. I was walking, working in my office in my house, my little office. I call it. it was a corner with a computer right. and, and um, I went outside. I was like, I need to walk around and I need to see ideas. And I started like talking to myself. And then I saw this Metro PCS thing, and I'm like, I'm gonna buy a phone and I'm gonna start tweeting this phone number because I had an e-commerce, and um, it was cheap. I had again, I had no money, uh, and I had all these products, and I have, and I didn't know how I was gonna do it. That's that's you know, people that are listening to this. Like they how it's going to show up if you keep the momentum and if you keep doing right. what you're supposed if to you do. you stay right. at it, keep working. Right. And then after 21 days, someone called and then she was telling me my story and I'm like, I'm going to record this video while I'm coaching her and I'm going to post it on YouTube so people see how I coach other people. So I recorded myself talking to her and coaching her mm-hmm. for like 30 minutes. And then I posted it, and I started promoting the video, and then I got the second client, and the third client, and the fourth client, and then how that's how it took off. So the first year um, we started growing, and then the second year, Walgreens wanted us to be on their stores. Um, wow! So we went. We chose Puerto Rico as a, you know, um, benchmark. We right. wanted to try the products there. Um. So, you know, the second year we kept growing and that's how, you know, we have created a a beautiful company that's serving the Hispanic community, that's helping thousands Huge. and thousands of people.
0: And now you're in countries all over the world, right?
1: No, not,
0: Aren't not you? Yeah. But you don't supply all
1: over the world? No, we're oh, just, only in the States now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We are only in the States now because in 2016, I transitioned the business. We okay. went from an e-commerce, I transitioned into a network marketing. Okay. Because I wanted to provide to other people the possibility I was having, right? right. We right. went to like literally bankrupt. I went from zero to like the company's almost $70 million now. So it's like after so many years, right? But I wanted to provide people the same possibilities I've had, and I want to share with them right. the opportunity with Yes, You Can. Right. And um, that's, you know, that's what we're doing now. And that's what that, that's our focus now. I have thousands of thousands of coaches. Uh, that, How many,
0: Thousands? Of, so they're helping people. But I see you helping people like you still help people one on one, no?
1: I. Or not really. I choose every month. I choose out of the clients and I call people. And I welcome them, and you know, okay. I wanna, I wanna keep doing what, I wanna keep having that connection that made me wake up every morning, which right. is, you know, helping people not having them going through the same pain I had, physically mm-hmm. and right. financially, right? So,
0: I know that you reached a high level of success, and it hasn't been easy. Listening to your story, it's been crazy up and down but you still still to this day work on a great deal of uh self-improvement or a personal development correct yeah and i've been to tony robbins with you which was incredible and you get uh you work with tony right um what else where where, where do you want to be in, in three years five years like I see Alejandro where you are now and you've come such a long way and when we train this this confidence and this drive is so powerful what else do you see for yourself other than growing the company what else do you want to accomplish because you come such a long way yeah do you think about that
1: I have thought about about that um when you say besides the company, that you know, is there
0: anything else besides the company? Because the company is a huge part of your life. Yep. It's like everything.
1: Yeah, I have built a lot of my self-esteem and a lot of my personality and a lot of my identity. Right. You know, attached to the company. So sure. I believe a relationship. It's a you know, it's an area of myself that I need to keep working on and keep improving. Right. Um. I see myself. Just. You know, it's because it's, everything is related to the company. So um, I want to have a family and I want to keep helping people and I want to keep going around just sharing my story and sharing, you know, empowering others, empowering others and maybe having motivational conferences. And um, I don't know, like because I'm, I'm so young and, and I have been able to, I have been blessed enough to be able to enjoy, like I already wrote a few books. That was something that I wanted oh, yeah. to
0: do. Huge accomplishments. Yeah. And you have one in the uh, bestsellers list right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. That's incredible.
1: And the New York Times bestseller, which is, it's huge. I remember that reading from from this list and I became a New York Times bestseller and this sense of like achievement. Not only for myself but for diane who was the woman that said that i had no talent to write and to become an author you know uh i'm doing conferences around the country now with thousands of people thousands of my distributors and my coaches um so a lot of the things um i wanted to do i I have already accomplished it um i think it's it's i'm obsessed to developing myself and keep getting better And just change my set of tools which is my head right I think right. I have been you know the reason I'm I was I was on a bus 10 years ago in 2009 and now I'm driving a cool car and the car of my dreams is because I, I was able to change you know my my set of beliefs and my belief system and I have been able to tweak it and to align it into what I really want I was raised you know with all these different ideas and stories and I remember beliefs and um, I have been able to change it and I think it, it's all about changing ourselves in order to change our results and our perceptions and everything we're getting it's about what we think you know our thoughts just change our feelings right. our feelings change our emotions and our emotions change our actions so it's, it, it's all up here in our heads and I have been focusing myself on really changing who I was and, and, and I go back and even seven months ago when I started you know training with you I was a total different human being and, and I decided to like adjust that area of my life and to focus my energy there and to expand my energy there and then I started getting results right and the same way I was and I always go and I, I, I set my intention and I set my vision board and I always go and like I think bigger than my limits right so i'm like okay if i'm chubby right now because after losing weight and after being fit i totally focused on the company um and i totally forgot about myself i started you know just maintaining and i totally forgot about myself and when i got when i got to you back in may 2018 um i was not in shape i was totally out of shape uh the crazy thing is that i thought i was in shape uh. <laughs>
0: you weren't in bad shape You weren't in bad shape But, I, but there's always We can always improve right? Yeah
1: uh, So I was like Okay What's the biggest accomplishment I remember you and I Having a conversation And you were like Well the cover of Men's Health And I'm like done i like, in Literally seven months I was the cover of That's Men's right. Health In January
0: Yeah So he won't say he, he was on Alejandro was on the cover Of Men's Health And it was an amazing shoe He looked absolutely uh, Totally fit Totally ripped and he, 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 we literally talked about that, and he actually went out and did it. There's not a lot of people that say they're going to do something like that and have the power to go out there and follow through. So way to go, it was awesome. And I think awesome.
1: every every goal we have, and and I think that's why you you and I have a lot in common because it's it's the way you approach goals. And we're we're in a moment right now that everyone wants instant gratification, right? And we don't want. To go through the struggle and we don't want to go to do like the natural process of like you know if you have a seed you yeah. need to wait a certain time True. in order to see the fruits and in order to see the flower and we're not we don't want to wait right now and if you see like all my friends around and they want a business and they compare their, themselves to like the multi million dollar people they don't want to fly on private planes and they want to drive the yeah. Ferrari, but they don't want to go through the whole pain. Yeah,
0: They didn't see the 20 years of work,
1: right? You know? So I remember uh, the book, the, uh, the new book is out and it's been number one bestseller now. And I remember I received a text last Saturday and this friend of mine said, you're so freaking lucky. Everything you touch turns into gold. How do, how do you do it? And I was like, it's so easy. To know how I did it, right? I I don't drink. I'm focused on my craft. Fridays and Saturdays, well, he's drunk and high. I'm at home working and getting ready yeah. for next week. That's right. Like every weekend, I'm just, you know, focusing on my goals. Like I have my 2019 goals, my 2020 goals, my 2020 goals, 21 goals. Like I have one, three, five year goals. And I make sure everything I do, every thought I think. It's aligned to those goals. And I'm 99% of the time not close. Right. I'm fucking things up every minute, but I'm trying to. Yeah, you're working toward it working no matter what.
0: Yeah. It's a big deal. They say, I remember Tony Robbins saying, you know, people want to be millionaires or billionaires, but they don't want to work all the time. It's called conflict. Right. You can't have both. You got to make sacrifices. You're making those sacrifices, and that's why you keep falling forward toward your goals. Exactly, you know.
1: Exactly. And I work privately with Tony now, and I have, you know, the honor and the pressure to like work with him and go to his house and
0: So Alejandro does one-on-one coaching sessions with Tony Robbins. What is that like? <laughs> I, mean, I can I, I was in a room with ten thousand people and it was electric. You're by yourself well, with Excuse any.
1: me. Can you clarify that? Because you are front row. Yeah. I, I was in the front row.
0: <laughs> Tony Rods put his hand on my shoulder several times, which is pretty interesting. He was feeding so, on you yeah. the
1: whole time. <laughs> yeah, he was foaming foaming on me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. And that guy does not stop moving. I don't know how he did it. I mean I was exhausted and he went he was on stage the whole time. My legs hurt, my calves hurt from jumping. It was a wild ride, man. Right. So thank you. Um, but what is it like getting one-on-one coaching with Tony Robbins?
1: Well, you know, Tony says something. Um, you are the result of the five people you hung out with the most. So I want to be surrounded by people like him, by people like you, who match my energy and who I'm inspired by it and who I, you know, honor to be next to. And I, you know, and, and that's it's so worth it because since the moment I get to his house, like my whole, like my whole body and my whole brain just gets pulled to the next level. Mm. And I actually learned this from him. You don't push to the next level, right? You get pulled to yeah. the next level, which right. is very, very different. That's right. And uh, it's the amount of energy and the amount of focus and the amount of planning and 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 it's clear since the beginning. He's always I've been working with Tony uh, for almost four years now, five years now. Two thousand fourteen, I went to his first seminar. Uh, I was sitting in the last row, and now I'm I'm you know working one on one with him, and um, and it's it's. it's we have developed every plan from the cover from my body from the company from every goal it's the same formula it's like you know work 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 it's like set an intention and go 100 percent and do not get distracted by the bullshit that's around do not get distracted by what people say do not get distracted by what others are going to say right. do not look around, do not compete with anyone else but yourself. And I know that now we read that shit a lot on every yeah, Instagram of course, post, of course, of course. but it's about getting it on your system, right? And be so certain about everything you're doing and be so confident about what you're doing. And of course, divine, defining a plan, defining a strategy right. and getting rid of all the bullshit that's on our head in order to focus on it, right? And um, I think the same value that you're going to have at his seminar or book or audiobook, you're going to find it on on Instagram or you're going to find it on listening to this podcast or your podcast that are amazing or your post every morning on Instagram, right? They're so valuable. But people read it, but they just don't do shit with it. Mm. It's about what you do with what you learn, right? Because information is like we're bombarded with information all day long but we're so lazy right now. We don't want to do things. We don't want to work hard. We don't want to really uh, do the homework, right? We just want to get the result. We just want to see these straight A's, but we don't want to go through the whole process. So he has installed in me this certainty of whatever you want, you can achieve, but you need to work on it. So from the beginning, whatever goal I have now, I know that I have to do 99% of the work and it's going to be really, really hard and I'm going to get paid to overcome obstacles. So the bigger I want to go and the higher I want to go and the more money I want to achieve and the healthier I'm going to get, you know, the more pain I have to go through. And that's why I have chosen you as my amazing mentor on this area, oh, because you are the one, you know, that, that, that pulled me to that next level because Tony's not going to put, you know, that's another thing. You have to find your mentors in different areas, right? I cannot expect Tony to like be my mentor on my body, right? Mm -hmm. I need to find you. And if I want to do finances, I have to like if I go and ask my five friends about finances, what are they going to say? They're broke, right? right? Could not listen to my friend because I'm going to end up like them. So I surrounded myself with Tony, with AJ Gupta, which is Tony's CFO. And he does my finances and I have. So when he says proximity is power, I think that's what's about, right? Because your trial and error have given you the tools you need in order to look the way you look, right? His trial and error has given him every every tool he has in order to succeed in different areas. So I always, whatever area I want to improve in my life, I always go back and say, who's the best? Who's doing what I'm doing, right? I have this network marketing company now. And I have all thousands of distributors uh, representing our products and making thousands of dollars. And I always tell them, like, this is not about the money because money come and go. This is about you and the way you're going to grow. And money is not, for me, money just expands what you already are. Right? Yeah, it if makes you f- more of what you already are. Right. That's right. So if you're a freaking asshole, you're gonna continue being an asshole. A bigger asshole. A bigger asshole, right? An asshole with a car, an asshole with a house, an asshole with a jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still like cool stuff, but that's what they are for me, stuff, right? And the more stuff I have, the more simple I wanna live. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like, I, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point in my life when I really want simplicity, I just wanna be surrounded by three, four amazing conversations, no matter where they are. Because normally we're thinking about why are we having dinner, right? Like, and we don't even pay attention to ourselves. We don't look at each other and we don't really share our moments. And when you really like, like now I have a Ferrari and I have a private plane. And you know, I was telling you a story the other day and I'm gonna share it with your audience. And sometimes this is painful to even say it, right? But in 2017, I was coming back from LA and uh, my agent and my manager, they called me and they are like, you just hit the number one New York Times bestseller book in the whole country. I didn't even know like what that meant in that moment, right? But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm Hispanic. I'm not even like, I don't even speak the language and I have the number one book in English in the whole country and USA Today list I was number one, Barnes & Noble list I was number one, Amazon number one. So I was like, wow, super crazy, all these messages and emails from the press and from all my quote unquote friends, Mm -hmm. new friends. Mm -hmm. Now I got all these friends, right? Um, And I was coming back on my private plane. I was going from LA to New York to continue the press and to go to the Today Show and to do all these different, um, media outlets. And I was by myself. And I was, that was painful. Mm-hmm. Like you have this beautiful, amazing success, but you have nobody to share it with. So, you know, like things keep teaching me the value of, you know, my mission and the value of what values of what really is important in life and that you know i really pay need to pay more attention to my family even though my dad it's different and my mom is different right. and i'm not going to change them but but that's my family right those are you know my roots and and it's like getting at peace with that and instead of blaming my dad and blaming my mom it's just blaming them Responsibly, right? Mm-hmm. Being grateful for whatever they did because they have made me the person I am today.
0: Yeah, they got you this far. Yeah, you know you're still here.
1: Some of it was them. Hundred percent. Yeah, everything was there. Imagine if my dad was not, you know, absent. I wouldn't have gained weight. If I had not gained weight, I wouldn't be. You wouldn't have a story. Today. I didn't have story. Yeah, I was like so.
0: You wouldn't have this story. You'd have a story without Correct. this story. Correct. Not yeah. this
1: story, yeah. and I wouldn't have been able to help you know millions of people um, around the states. So, like that for me, that's a huge tool that Tony gave me because I started blaming my dad. Right? Oh, he did this. He did that. He didn't do that. He didn't do that for me. And he said, mm-hmm. "Why don't you blame me responsibly? Right. Stop blaming your dad for what he didn't do." And start finding what's great in him blame him responsible right responsibly blame him elegantly powerful so i did this whole exercises with tony and my dad and you know i went in and I faced my dad and i said you know i'm so grateful for everything you've done and that let me also heal right on the inside and, and mm-hmm. really be at peace with my own self because i, I was at this huge Um, I had this huge war with my own self right you're
0: kind of at odds with yourself all the time you know yeah yeah that's not a good place to be
1: it's not not. a good place to be so when you ask me like what do you want like I want to be able to be more at peace with my own self right and every day I think I I have the purpose and the purpose is is, it's very clear and that is what wakes me up in the morning and doesn't let me go bed at night because i i love what i do and i love the mission to transform people's lives and but there is more there is more and when i go to bed and i put my head on the pillow like i want to be at peace with myself and you know in order to get there i need a lot of personal growth oh yeah personal work on myself and really be present all day long and understanding that it's not about forcing things it's about you know, letting things flow and, and understanding that sometimes we can be our own obstacles. And I think that when I was forcing everything at the office, I'm the CEO now, I have more than 300 people working for me. And I was forcing everything because it was like I had this anger, right? And this power and this energy. But like, I learned to transition that into okay, how can I use this? so everything flows right. flows Right for good for good instead yeah. of like forcing things to happen my way right because right. of course in this journey a lot of ego came back and forth of course. And come on i'm the ceo now and look at this and i had to go back to work with tony and with like my monks and everything that i you know i do a lot of meditation every morning people ask me what do i do every morning I woke up at 5 in the morning, not as early as you do. (laughs) I don't wish it on anyone. (laughs) That's early. Um, And I do my meditation every morning. I do my priming. I take cold showers. And I just, you know, have my breakfast. And I do my affirmations in front of the mirror. Like, I have my whole thing. And I don't let people sabotage it. Mm -hmm. Because I'm my own. Right. You know, the person that sabotages me the most is myself. Right. Always. 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 So if I'm trying to read a book, I'm the one that's like, oh, come on, you can do it tomorrow. I try to force myself to read every day. And I think a lot of the tools I have developed is going to seminars and reading books and listening to audio books. And, you know, that's powerful being obsessed with learning and growing and progressing. And I think understanding that, you know, at the end, it's not about me, it's not about us. And when you make the decision based on that thought, I think, you know, you become happier and you become at peace with yourself. And you do things in order to help others. And, you know, a lot of people ask me like, why are you always smiling? Why are you always serving? Because that I have found out that that makes me Happier than a car. You know, my car made me happy the first five days, Mm -hmm. right? But just helping people and serving other people just, you know, makes me happier for a longer time. Right. And that's what I'm looking for.
0: I say the greatest pleasure in life is serving others. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. That's why anatomy is here. So, okay. We've, I've had you for a long time. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Before we go, before we go, we have to do a part two. Before we go, um, there's a young person out there who's chasing a dream and they need some good advice. What advice would you give them? They're struggling. They're having a tough time. They're, they, they're thinking about getting off their path. Give a young person advice or even better, give... Fifteen year old Alejandro Advice. Ooh. 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 <laughs> you're coaching
1: him now. Yeah. Um just understand that whatever makes you different makes you special and makes you better and makes you stronger and you're unique um follow your heart whatever your heart is telling you or whatever you know your instinct tells you um follow it with your truth and and work hard at it and do not let people confuse you with their own path and their own stories and their own goals and their own dreams Mm. like you know I think we we can listen to the voice of our hearts Mm hundred percent if -hmm. you really quiet the mind if we really have the time to quiet the mind no matter if you're struggling financially if you cannot eat today it's not about you know the person you are today it's about the person you're becoming tomorrow and you know do not let your limitations get on the way on your dreams and 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 overshadow the blessings that you know you're gonna get if you keep working hard and if you keep being good to other people if you keep loving people around you if you keep smiling no matter what. Um, That's what I would tell Alejandro.
0: Nice. Nice. And, and please uh, tell them about the book, where they can get the book, and the title of the book, where they get the book, and your social media handles.
1: Cool. The book is called Things Skinny, Feel Fit. And uh, the social media handle is Alejandro Chavan. Alejandro Chavan. That's going to be hard. For your audience good luck with that, <laughs> luck with that. Good, thank you so much gracias Alejandra, mark man. muchas gracias thank Un you placer. very very
0: much we're gonna have to do a part two alejandro cheban
1: thank you <laughs> thank you